The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Open God's holy word to the book of 2 Peter and stand up on your feet. Chapter 1. Oh, man. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. 2 Peter. Stand up on your feet if you're able. If you're not able, I understand. Then just stand up on the inside. And we'll pray that you'd be healed. We stand up for the, just in honor of the word. And if you're not able or not comfortable doing that, that's fine also. Are you ready? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 1. Reading from the New King James. We will read 11 verses tonight. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these are yours and abound, you will, neither, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, my brothers, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Another version says you will never fall. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for what you're going to do. Come on, ask God to, to prepare your heart for the word. Lord, we want to be good soil. Lord, we want the seed of your word to be good soil, to fall in good soil. So Lord, prepare us even now. Lord, you have brought us here by divine appointment. Could have watched a movie tonight. Could have gone out to dinner tonight. Couldn't have gone to bed early tonight. No, you have gathered people tonight to hear your word, a hunger for your word. 
And at the entrance of your word comes light. The unfolding revelation of your word brings truth and light. So speak to us. Illuminate our hearts. Change us, I pray. Give us living understanding. May we never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. You, you may be seated. We do have notes for you. New series, Warning, Do Not Be Deceived. Warning, do not be deceived. And the message tonight is the remedy or the cure for blindness. I remember when I was living in Greece many years ago as a young man, I learned to weld for the very first time. And the very first day I learned to make a bead with a welder. Um, I remember my instructor telling me, now don't look at the light. However, uh, I couldn't quite see exactly where the rod was touching to start the bead real good with my mask on, and I was kind of just messing it up. So I would just do, I would do better to have my mask, not that I got auto, auto, uh, you know, auto shades that come on to protect your eyes now, but back then they didn't way back then. And so I would start the bead, and then I would pull my mask down, and I would, I would see exactly where it is, and I'd make those swirls. And I got to be pretty good at it. I did it all day. However, it was all day of looking at that beginning arc of all the different things that I welded. And that night, I woke up in my bed totally blind. Water running down my eyes. And if anybody, if you stared at an arc welder or done anything like that, you burn your eyes. And I burned my eyes to total blindness. I couldn't see one thing. And my eyes were running water, and it hurt excruciating pain. And I woke up, and I thought that actually I had gone blind. I woke up, and now I had tears running, and I was terrified. I was probably, let's see, I was probably 19 years old. And I was, I was really, really afraid that I had gone blind because I was blind. And I, I got up, and I felt around my room. And I knew where the, the guy who was over our hallway, it was, a, it was an agricultural school bringing American innovations to Greece. I found my way down the hallway. I got into his room, and I'm sure I freaked him out, woke him up. He said, you're going to be okay, man. You, 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 stared at the, you stared at the welder too much. And I ended up going to the doctor, and my sight returned. You know, I don't know if you've ever been blind before. Oh, man, but it's no fun, especially if you've seen... And I have found, uh, in an ever-increasing way, blindness in the body of Christ. Blindness. Now, I'm not talking about that kind of blind. I'm not talking about physical blindness. I'm talking about spiritual blindness. And Jesus spoke about the blind leading the blind. And I'm afraid that we do have that happening. In our text, we see that Peter is very concerned that a person can lose out. I want you to look at verse 10. It says, therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make your call or calling an election sure. Now, the very fact that he suggests that you need to make it sure, uh, it should bring to your heart a sense of concern. Now, I am uh, in my theology aligned with 
the Assemblies of God, of course, we're an Assembly of God church, and, and in my own walk with Jesus, there's certain things I'm not settled on. I'm not exactly sure when the rapture is. Uh, I'm, I'm working that out. You know, I, I know what our doctrine says. You know, it says that we believe in the pre, pre-trib rapture. I understand that. I'm just not sure I believe that. Okay, I'm just saying. All right. The Assemblies of God believes that. We've taught that, but there's other views. Don't look at me like a horse in a new gate. Come on. Now, there, there is uh, Armenianism and Calvinism, and I don't want to get into breaking that all down. I've put it up on my Facebook, and I'll tell you what, I will do it again the second I get back to a computer. I'll put it all up, the differences between Armenianism and Calvinism. We believe in a more of an Armenianistic viewpoint in that you can lose your salvation. Now, and this is one of many, many, many scriptures. Now, if you come from a Baptist background, you come from different backgrounds, you, you once saved, always saved, and that's taught, and, and uh, although most people can't prove that, uh, although there's a lot of scriptures for that too, but I see too many things in the Word of God like this that says, make your calling and election sure. Does that mean it could not be sure? Does that mean that maybe you could have a problem? That's exactly what he's inferring. So make your calling election sure. If you do these things, you will never stumble. You'll never fall. The very fact that he suggests that is that you could lose out with God. You could literally lose out from heaven. Now, losing out with God stems from being nearsighted and blind. And this is right out of the text that we read. Nearsighted means this. Nearsighted means forgetting what Christ has done. You see, it, it's, it's being so concerned about your current problems and what you see right in front of your face right now that you forget, actually, all that he's already done for you. And that's called, that's called nearsightedness. And actually, by being overwhelmed by your circumstances and forgetting what Christ has done for you, you can lose out with God. But secondly, he uses the word blindness, blindness to the importance of growth spiritually. Now, I want to tell you, we have an epidemic. In this church, sure, I believe we do. In this church, yes. In the body of Christ, oh, absolutely, positively, yes. We have people that will go to church for 15, 20, 30 years and be just as spiritually knuckleheaded from the day they first walked in. They've not grown in God. They don't know, they don't know about the deity of Christ. They can't prove anything just because they've come to church and think that's okay. They wonder why they, they have lost out and don't have joy and don't have victory. <laughs> don't be blind. Everybody say, don't be blind. You get the idea you can just hang out and everything's just going to grow and you're going to grow in God. That is absolutely positively not, th- not true. You need to be diligent. You need to make every effort to grow in these areas. And we're going to talk about them tonight. And, and many of you are going to be totally convicted. And don't get mad at me once again. I'm going to be as sweet as I can. And I'm convicted too. You know, the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Man, I'm going to tell you, he's pulling it out tonight. So just hold on. I already warned you. I've warned you. All right. You don't want to be blind. Blind to the importance of growing, of growth spiritually. You all have notes? You filling your notes in? Good. You go preach it to somebody else? You all all right? Good. 
All right, how do you, how do you say, Pastor, well, how, do I, how do I live in such a way in this evil world and, and keep my eyesight clear? I don't want to be nearsighted. Come on, if you want to be nearsighted, raise your hand. Don't do it. You want to be blind. Nobody wants to be blind. We all want to grow in God. We want, I want everything God has for him. Am I the only one? No. We all want to grow in God. I think if, you, come on, if your heart's right, I mean, you, you really want everything that God has for you. So how do you keep from losing your spiritual eyesight? How to keep from losing out with God? How to not fall is another way to say it. I don't ever want to fall. Listen, I've fallen before. Long ago. On fire. Winning souls. Stomping buses in the street to witness to the bus. I'm talking on fire. Crazy. Full of the Holy Ghost. On fire. Unstoppable. Went from that to total wipe out rejecting Christ. I've done that long time ago. I ain't ever, ever going back there again. By the grace of God, as I do my part, he will certainly do his. Look at this with me. What are we to remember? Remember what we have. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Look, you and I need his grace and we need his peace every day of our lives. I need his grace. I need his, I need his peace every single day. And that's been given to me. That's been given to us. So we need to learn to rejoice in it and, and, and remember. Look at two. His power has given us everything we need for life and godliness. I can't tell you how many times I've quoted that scripture to myself when I've faced something that I didn't think I could do. I, I told um, Brother Scott and Different one. Sunday was one of the most difficult Sundays that I could remember in the nearly 20 years of ministry that I've had. And the reason is, is I had about three hours of sleep. I felt like I got run over by a bus. I've got this thing going on in my lungs and I'm just believing to get healed. I think the devil meant to give me pneumonia. Will pray for me at the end of tonight. I feel awesome right now. I don't feel so awesome when I'm not preaching. And I went to the doctor on, on uh, as I've been to the doctor in like seven years. I don't know when the last time I went to the doctor at the leading of the Lord. I went there Sunday. I mean, I just, I mean, I just needed somebody to prop me up. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I got here Sunday and I'm just thinking, man, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's cute and everything on a mug and all that until you're really at the place where, where you really actually need him. You know, oh, in, in my weakness, your strength is made perfect until you feel so weak that you can't get up. I'm quoting scriptures like that. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm saying, man, come on, God. There ain't no guest today, God. Help me. I'm talking like that to the Lord. And I'm going to tell you something. I felt nothing until the moment I began to step towards the pulpit, put one foot up, next foot up, and, and then God moved. You say, well, you sure seem tired. Well, I felt dead, so I'm, I'm just glad for what happened on Sunday. Can somebody say Amen. God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. Come on, I want you to look at verse 3. His divine power, say it with me, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Somebody ought to say hallelujah. If you don't rejoice over that, it's only because your heart's not connected with the reality of the truth in it. Well, that went over good. Don't worry, I'm coming back. I'm coming for another swing at least seven or eight times, so hold on. God's Spirit will give us everything we need. He'll give us the help we need. Isn't that right, Brother George? He'll give us everything we need the second we need it. 
when we need it. It's interesting that he, you know, God, God's in the, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. He's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Yeah, but he, he ain't ever early, though. I don't know, but I don't know if you've ever noticed. The Lord just doesn't come early for me. It, it, it even seems late, actually, but when he shows up, I know that he's an on-time God, so when he comes, that must be the time. <laughs> oh, when he closes one door, he's going to open another, but it sure is hell in the hallway. Look at three. He's given us his precious promises. These are the things that God has given us. His precious promises right in the blank. And through them, we may participate in his divine nature and escape the corruption. This is the NIV now. I just like the way it said it. I put it in your notes. Escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Wow, that's amazing. God's given us promises. I mean, I mean, you might make a promise, but you might not keep it. God makes a promise. He don't even know how to not keep it. Because he's God. He's, he's faithful. He's long-suffering. He, he, when he says he's going to do it, he's, a man that he, he's not a man that he should lie. He, when he swears, he swears by himself because there's nothing else to swear to. When God gives you a promise, that's it. And his promises of God, as the Bible says, are yes and amen. The Moffat version, not an ambiguous blend of maybe. Amen means it's done, it's finished, it's over. That's what amen means. So when you say, be healed in Jesus' name, Amen. It's done. It's finished. It's over. That's what amen means. And we just say like, amen. But don't even really know. It's done. It's finished. It's over. He's given us promises. Come on, somebody say, I got a promise. Yeah, you have over 7,000 of them, actually. My, I, I got, oh, 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 Jesus. I, I got my mama's promise box. I, I went to Williamsburg, and she's got a, a um, you know, one of those storage thingies over there. And so we went in there, and, and I saw the promise box. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. Jesus, help me. I saw this promise box. When I first got saved, I was in my mom's house. I'm, gonna, you know, I'm 25, living with my mama. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she had this promise box. And she would pull that thing out, and she would read it, and she would read it to me. She had the Christian TV, TV going. She had all kinds of stuff all over the house, and Cod constantly talking to me. And that promise box has got the most wrinkled, messed up, you know, shell, but all the cards are in there. And my mama gave that to me, and I brought it home, and I'd just been pulling them out, going, oh, come on. By his stripes, you are healed. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Come on, God's given us his promises. Can you say amen? amen? He has. He's given us promises that through them, through the promises of God, we may participate in his divine nature, talking of the Holy Spirit and escape the corruption. Everybody say corruption. corruption. Of the world caused by evil desires. The promises of God are the basis and the authority by which we pray. Let me run that through again. When you pray, pray God's word. You can always tell somebody that's got a vibrant, powerful, effective prayer life because you will hear the word of God coming out just about every three or four sentences. If you don't hear somebody praying the word, they're not in the word. And I will just tell you, God hears their prayers so long as they're right with God. Amen. And they're not harboring sin in their heart. 
or, or, or treating their wife wrongly, because then you'll hinder your prayers, men. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. When you pray the word of God, he stands over his word to perform it. Now, he does not stand over your word. He does stand over his. He doesn't stand over my opinion or your opinion. He does stand over his word. It goes forth and it does not return void. And when you pray the word of God, it releases power like nothing else. Learn to get yourself a promise box. Can you say amen? I don't know how you do it. Get a pen out, underline your Bible. You say, my Bible's too good to underline. Go get a better one that you can underline. Psalm 119, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If you can't just quote scripture, I firmly believe you haven't hidden your, his word in your heart. You say, well, that stings. Yeah, let it sting. Because the church in America is anemic, powerless, mostly. There is pockets of revival and, and uh, uh, you know, pockets of fire. I'm hoping that we're one of them. Amen. You've got to know the word. You've got to know the promises. You know, you might not have a promise box the next time you're in the middle of emergency. You can be free from hopelessness. You can be free from greed. You can be free from lust. You can be free from anger. You can be free from that which torments you in Jesus' name by getting the promise that correlates to whatever that bondage or... Are you listening to me? You listening? Whatever bondage or struggle you face, there is a promise to beat the snot out of that thing, up one side, down the other, and stick a sword right in the heart of it that it'll never plague you again. But here's the thing. Most people never get the word out and beat that thing up. You've got to learn to wield this thing. It's the only offensive weapon you have, according to the book of Ephesians. The word, the sword of the Spirit. Some of, your, some of you guys' sword still in the scabbard. It's rusty, baby. Maybe you don't even know you have one. And as you stand on these promises, participate in his divine nature, you know what this is saying? You know what this is saying? Oh, gosh, I don't even know if I'm going to finish this message. It's going to get so fired up on every point. That when you stand on his promises, the power of God will begin to come upon you and in you to flow through you to overcome the anger to overcome the greed to overcome the lust as you stand on his word and participate they allow you to partner with his divine nature you know it's interesting god ain't gonna come and grab you and flop the book open and make you read it and make you remember he's not gonna do that you gotta do your part is anybody else being convicted besides me I'm going to go to a new level of victory. It's hard to possess what God has said you could have if you don't even know it's there. How are you going to get something if you don't even know what it looks like? You know, there's, you know what it's like? You say, you know what? What's it like, Pastor? It's like this. It's like, the, it's like the little kid that's got a penny. And he loves that little penny. He just wants that little penny. And you don't want him to choke on it. So, you, you know... You try to play a little game because you haven't, you know, done first-time obedience with him, so you're manipulating him to get out of that penny. Anyway, <laughs> that was free. And, and then, so you decide to make a trade. You want to give him a dime for the penny. And the kid's like, no, look, a dime is worth more than the penny. The dime is worth more than the penny. 
but it's also smaller. And so the kid's like, I don't want it. You know, there are some people that are gripping their little copper penny when God's trying to give them a dime. Oh, no, I ain't going to tithe. I ain't tithing. I ain't going to let go of my... And so you live busted and disgusted the rest of your life. And when you get to heaven, the Lord's like, dude, I wanted to give you all kinds of stuff. I just couldn't trust you. What happened? Um, just wanted to hold on to my little penny. Psalm 119, verse 30. The entrance, I like the King James here. The entrance of thy words giveth light. Let me, let, me, let me read this again. He has given us precious promises. Look at three. Get it in your spirit. Get this in your spirit. He has given us precious promises that through them, through what? Through the promises, we may participate in his divine nature. The promises are the word of God. The word of God is alive. It's living and active. It's not the Reader's Digest. Come on, it's not People's Magazine. It's not the Wall Street Journal. It's the Word of God. And when you get the Word of God, come on, heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will remain, will endure forever. When you get the Word of God, when you get the promise, and you get in that thing like a howitzer, and you face the obstacle that's before you, you just mow it down. You just cut it in half. What do you mean the Word of God? Yeah, that's because you're not involved in a small group or a cell group or got involved in classes and, and, and really grown. Just thinking that God's going to just pour some anointed solution into that head of yours. It's totally not how it works. Okay. There's things that God has done. Now there are things that we need to do to grow. God has given us the power of the Holy Spirit. God has given us his word. God has given us his name. God has given us everything we need. But if you don't pick up the tools and you don't involve yourself in the promises, we'll, honestly, some people here will be content to go home to live the same busted life you got. And you don't have to. Now, I'm going to tell you something. One of the things that just, two things that cause change. Enough pain or information. And what I mean by information, revelation. In other words, hmm, I don't think I have to do this anymore. You know when somebody really wants to change? They do. They basically change. I'm so allergic to codependency. I just, I don't know how's that. I used to be like the most codependent one. <laughs> one of them. And now I'm, I mean, I just, I just choke. I'm, I mean, I break out in hives. Somebody tries to manipulate me or get me to be their savior or something. I used to be a, I used to be uh, Pastor Jesus. Like I tried to play Jesus. Oh, that's a painful thing. <laughs> you want to talk about painful ministry? Yeah, it's painful. <laughs> I was not very good at playing Jesus and being somebody's savior. Well, some of you constantly trying to rescue. Throw him overboard, man. <laughs> 
throw Jonah overboard. And you'll wonder why your ship is constantly taking on water and, and you're going through these storms. Could it be possibly maybe that you've got Jonah on board? Throw him over. And it's amazing what will happen. In love, of course, in love. Amen. Throw him to the fish. In love. Gosh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say one more thing. Some of you are constantly trying to rescue your loved ones. Man, let them hit the floor. You know something? That reminds me of that prophetic vision. Of, of all that chicken wire. Does anybody remember this? And a whole bunch of full-grown babies all up on top of the chicken wire. Just, eh, eh, feed me. They're full grown, but they're, they're, they're lying there waiting for their diapers to be changed. And pastors and ministers running everywhere to change diapers and put in bottles everywhere, just trying to go everywhere. And it was like the Lord just came with a set of wire cutters. And he cut all the wire and all those babies fell to the ground. Of course, they're adults, actually. The moment they fell to the ground, boom, they stand up and begin to grow in God. Super, some of them got bruised, sure. <laughs> some of them got hurt, yeah. But, but, they, but they began to stand up and feed themselves. Well, we should probably move on to the next point. Everybody say, I've got a responsibility. Look at verse 5. But for this very reason... Giving all diligence, hmm, or every effort. Give all diligence, every effort. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, self-condole, perseverance, per perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness love. Now, this is fascinating. We're talking about how to not be spiritually blind and be somebody who falls. I don't want to fall. Amen. Amen. So how do you never fall? Well, very simply, the first part of the message, being thankful for God's promises, standing on those. Amen. Participating in his divine nature through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. We've been giving this exceedingly great promises, right? And he goes on to say, but for this very reason, give all diligence. That means you have some work to do. Work is like a four-letter word, a curse word for some people. Because they just want it all to happen. And I, I certainly have been there. And I like when God sovereignly comes and just goes, bam, fried chicken. I like that. I like when he just hooks me up with something that, that I'd had nothing to do with. And you can't earn salvation. But there is a, there's a cooperating with grace. There is a partnering with grace. There is a responsibility that you and I have. All diligence. Has anybody ever worked until you could not work anymore? And does everybody work with your hands? Maybe you don't work with your hands a lot and you start working with your hands. Anybody work with your hands until they start cramping? In other words, you can't. You're like, ah. You know what I'm talking about? That means you've been diligent with whatever you're doing with your hands. You work so hard that when you get home, it's like eat and go to bed, even if it's 6 o'clock at night. I mean, you just thud, 
All diligence, every effort. Are you living that way? Rhetorically speaking, don't answer it. Are you living like that? Are you, are you adding? <laughs> I'm getting convicted. Let's just all repent. Jesus forgives. Ah, God. Ah, Jesus. Oh, make every effort or with all diligence add. That means cooperating with God. 1 Corinthians 3.9, the Apostle Paul talks about that we're co-laborers or co-workers. Again, 2 Corinthians 6.1, he says the same, same thing. People say, oh God, whatever you want to do, that is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. What do you mean? Whatever? God wants to do lots of stuff, but he does it through people. Hello. I, I'm thankful for the. I'm thankful for when the wind just comes and the sovereign thing. But when when God wants to change a community, He gets a hold of a people, and He changes them and puts a fire in them, and they go out and they change a community. God's not going to come and just and everything's going to be changed in our community. God will change our community as He changes individuals, changes families who go out on the highways and byways and compel people to come in. He will change our community. He will change our nation as we pray, as we believe, as we turn from our wicked ways and pray. He will come and He will heal our land. God will change your life if you partner with Him. But if you don't partner with God, the change is going to be slow at best. And I've seen people that have come in a powerful touch by God, but they didn't understand that they needed to do this part. So then three months down the road, they wonder why they're still smoking dope and they can't quite shake it. Well, they've not been discipled and, and, and there's maybe not a hunger on the inside of them. Come on, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Everybody say, I'm going to take responsibility. All right, to add goodness. Now, the Greek word, and I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, arita, is the word for goodness. And in actual fact, all of Greek learning and knowledge surrounds that word. It's the word for goodness or the word for virtue. Now, watch this. What is the arita of a knife? What is the goodness of a knife or the virtue of a knife? Pay attention now. This is good. It's to cut. Okay. All right, what is, the, what is the, the goodness or the virtue, Greek, Greek with Greek understanding here, of a horse? Well, that could be to, to run, maybe. What is the, the virtue or the, the, the goodness of a man? Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Who is the greatest man ever? Jesus is God's virtue or, or arita in, in the Greek. So when it says to make every effort to add goodness, he's basically saying that we are to be Christ-like in our character. Amen. He said, well, I thought it's the anointing that makes all of you. If you have an anointing that exceeds your character, you're going to kill somebody. You cannot have character that exceeds your anointing. We've seen that. It ends up in destruction. You must have character. You've got to have character. Goodness. Christ-likeness. Can somebody say amen? amen? Truest, greatest humanity is being like Jesus. That's as good as you can get. Then, number two, add 
make all diligence to add goodness, to add knowledge. Now, Peter is dealing with a problem, uh, which is really the, um, the early stages of Gnosticism, which is Gnostics believe that through some secret knowledge, and I'm being very simple tonight, through secret knowledge you can obtain greatness or even godlikeness. And so Gnosticism was starting in the first century, really took root in the second century. And he's, he's dealing with that here to add, to add knowledge. And, and by the way, it, it came out of Greek philosophy, and it's all over our campuses today. And it's the idea that, that uh, you can know more and be educated, and as a result, you're better than somebody else. I'm going to tell you something that is absolutely not true. And, and um, furthermore, it's not just knowledge. It's not how much you know. It's whether that knowledge makes a difference. It's whether that knowledge brings transformation. It's not just having knowledge. Listen, every dream, every vision, all the revelation you could ever get in Scripture, pay attention now. If, if it doesn't bring you to a deeper encounter in God and change your world around you, it doesn't matter. And furthermore, I would wonder actually if the revelation and the knowledge you got was from God, actually if it doesn't change you and bring you into a deeper experience of God and change those around you. You can't get closer to Jesus and not closer to people. We, 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 hallelujah. As you get closer to God, you will get closer to people. You've got to grow in, in knowledge that transforms us. It's not just knowledge. It's the knowledge of God. And the knowledge of God will change you. And you can't say that you've grown in the knowledge of God and not be changed. And I will tell you something. I, I don't know. Here's where I just got to ask God for to help me. So I'm going to ask him right now. I'll be right back. Lord, help me. There are people that surf the internet listening to Brother Rabbi Bishop Apostle, the first Lord baptized in fire, teacher, so that when they get in the small group of their friends, they can, you know, expound on this great knowledge they have. And not one thing is changed on the inside of that person. And I will tell you that such knowledge like that is the kind of knowledge that puffs up and is no good for anything. When God touches you with revelation and with truth and the word of God, it will change you because the entrance of his word brings light. Don't get caught up in learning a whole bunch of facts. And, be, you know, there's people that have died by degrees. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Got more degrees in a thermometer and they can't cast out one devil. I'm all for education. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing to educate myself. I think education is good. But it's not education that makes a world changer. It's, it's the knowledge of God lived out in your life. Every experience and the dream that you have will play out in the soil of your relationships. Come on, smile at me. The revelation you have from God or the love of God will play out in the soil of relationships. And if you have no friends and nobody will be friends with you and you can't connect with anybody, you need healing and deliverance. And I don't care what dream you had, God wants to heal you. God wants to deliver you because you need to be in relationship with people. And there's been so much emphasis on angels and all that kind of mess. And listen, I believe in angels. 
I'm just saying you've got to add to your add to your walk knowledge, but it's not just knowledge, it's knowledge applied. It's wisdom, working it out in your life, touching and changing lives. Amen. And your own life being changed. All right. Come on, somebody say amen. Yeah. Hebrews 5, put this up. Hebrews 5, I think it's verse 14. You want to know what real knowledge, real knowledge played out when you get mature? You get mature and you've got knowledge. Here's, here's the point. Here's what true knowledge should bring you to. Hebrews 5, verse 14. Turn in your Bibles. But solid food belongs to the full age. Talking about maturity. Uh, that is those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to discern both good and evil. God wants to give you knowledge so you can grow in your relationship with him. Why? So that you can discern that which is him and that which isn't. And it really is that simple. And then when you know somebody's mature, it's because they can discern good and evil. You don't want to get knowledge so you can post something on Facebook and look like you're a theologian, for goodness sake. Jesus, help us. <laughs> well, praise the Lord. Let's look to number three. The pseudo-intellectual thing is so irritating to me. This is a Monday morning quarterback type. Well, number three, anyway. Praise God. Oh, this one's brutal. This is brutal. Let's all pray for help. Help, God, help. <laughs> okay. Add self-control. Look, ethics and knowledge go, self and, go hand in hand. Knowledge and ethics go hand in hand. When you grow in the knowledge of God, you will have self-control. Oh, I know. I don't like that too much either, but it's true. You see, when, you, when you're growing in the knowledge of God, then, then self-control will come. When you have his divine nature and you're cooperating with his divine nature, you're going to spin off in some fit of rage. Hello. Is anybody listening? You're not going to spit off in some fit of rage because you're growing in the knowledge of God and self-control. I mean, that's part of the fruit of the Spirit. If what you're learning is not producing in you self-control, <laughs> you don't want to hear something that's just crazy. Now, my wife doesn't know this, but she's online. I love you. Tonight, I am rushing. I'm late. I'm worked on this thing till quarter to seven. I got to rush up, clean up, change, you know, get my act together, print my notes off, jump in my truck and get here by seven. I'm not going to make it. I mean, I came in late. I don't know if you were here. You were, some of you were late, so sorry. Anyway, <laughs> came in about 7.04, 7.05. It's overcoming all kinds of stuff. Now, I came downstairs, and my wife was, was going to pick up my prescription, which I'm on these um, antibiotics, which, I mean, God's got to speak to me to go on antibiotics. I just never go on them. But he did, so I am. And so I'm, I had to get a refill. So she was going to get those, and I needed, I needed to take that. You know, it's good to take them at the same time of the day, every day, whatever. So I come downstairs, and she says, I didn't get your antibiotics. Can I, I, I mean, it was the craziest thing. It's like my blood just boiled instantaneously. It was just all, Argh! now, she doesn't know that. <laughs> I love you, baby. Amen. You know why? Because I knuckled that thing down and killed it. 
So I've got my computer. I come downstairs. I'm rushing. I get my notes. And she's making me a cup of tea. I got to take my antibiotic, get in the truck. I got to drive over here. And so my, my whole plan is foiled. She goes, I don't have my little antibiotic. <laughs> and she says, you know, I don't have your antibiotic. And I was, you know, I was about this far from my chair. And my, I, my, I, my blood boiled. And I tossed my, you know, I just, I didn't throw it. I tossed my computer, which I normally don't do into my lush chair that I study and get the word of the Lord from. Not from the chair. I don't get the word of the Lord from the chair for all you people out there. I'm in the chair when I get the word of the Lord from the Lord, not the chair. Okay. So I, I just kind of like, just kind of toss it. And I, and immediately self-control. I thought, oh gosh, Jesus, help me. Now, do you know why? How many of you think that was the Holy Spirit in me that said, dude, yeah, now, if you're not studying scriptures like this, and you're not getting the word of God in you, you won't even have the thought of controlling yourself. When you grow in knowledge, add self-control. If what you're learning is not producing self-control, something's wrong. Okay, number four. Add perseverance or endurance. You got to stand against two forces, basically. I mean, you got the world and the devil out there. You have that pressure from outside. There's external pressures and internal pressures. Everybody say that. External pressures and internal pressures. Oh, yeah. And by the way, your inward reality will create your external circumstances. So if you have constant chaos and turmoil on the inside, that is absolutely what you'll have on the outside. Well, praise the Lord. Some people say about that drama. I can't stand the drama. That's because there's a constant drama on the inside of people that are creating drama. And you can be healed and delivered. I was. Thank you, Jesus. And whatever else I need to be delivered from, bring it, God. Help me. Everybody said amen. amen for their own self. Of course, you're saying amen for yourself. Amen. Praise God. Okay, just checking. But you know, you got your fallen human nature. You need to endure. Endure. You need to persevere. You know, you know, an epidemic that I see, and you know, for uh, we've got a lot of pastors that listen to the podcast, and so for all my brothers out there, and uh, for ministers that are here, and but business people too. Listen, God tells you to do something. You do it. And, uh, you know, you don't stop doing that until he tells you to stop. And there are many times no breakthrough in regions because pastors stay in an area for two years, three years, four years. I'm going to tell you something. I, I believe, I heard this from, from my mentor, Dr. Morocco, years ago. I just didn't believe him when he told me, but I now know it to be true. I don't know how many times that's happened. I listen to older people now. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? I, if an older person starts talking, I perk up. Amen. Yeah, because I thought I knew everything, and then I realized I didn't know anything at all. And the more I know, the more I realize I, the little I, I, that I know. Do you get that? The more I learn, the more I realize that I know all, very little. Okay. He said, Pastor Daniel, understand that a congregation won't gel with you till about five years. I thought... I bond that. Amen. 
I mean, I just didn't believe him. It's totally true. And so you've got pastors that don't endure for whatever reasons, board problems, challenges. I'm so thankful we don't have any of that mess up in here. Can somebody say hallelujah? I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that, we, that we're in unity. It is a great joy to labor and work together in unity and in one accord and to have a vision to move together as one man. And there is ironing, sharpening iron. But, that, you know, there are people that quit. What are you going to quit? Where are you going to quit to? God tells you to do something, do it. And don't stop doing it until, until he says stop. Perseverance. I had to persevere on Sunday. It was top 10 difficult Sunday for me. I'm not looking for the violin to play. I'm just saying it was hard. I mean, my body's going, stay in bed. I know, no, I bind you. Jesus, help me, God. Here, what am I going to do? Oh, Pastor Alex, can you preach for me? Will you please preach for me? I'm not feeling well. I, I, it's, not, it's not who we are. And some of you don't have the kind of victory and breakthrough in your life because you quit. Okay, praise God. Hallelujah. You got to persevere. It's like, man, and angels are coming to help you. And just before you get the heavenly package, you're like, oh, I quit, God. I've been praying for a month. Been praying for 90 days, and I didn't get my breakthrough. Do you even know where I am, God? I've been there. But if God told you, and you're standing on a promise, and you haven't seen it come to pass... Keep standing. And when you're done standing, stand some more. And resist the devil till he flees. And if he's chewing on the back of your neck, just keep resisting and he will flee. If he's still around, keep resisting. Everybody say persevere. <laughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Hallelujah. Some people get offended and quit. You know what onion skinned is? Does anybody know what? How do you know what onion? My wife has been making these onion poultice things. <laughs> so she chops up like, I don't know how many onions it is, but it's a lot. And she heats them up and does all this stuff and takes this big hot onion thing, slurry, a slurry of onion, and drops it on my chest near scalding, as hot as I can handle it. She puts it on my chest. And she's like, oh, it's just hot onions. It's crazy. But it works. Anyway. Did you ever look at an onion? When I was in biology, we would, we would peel onion skin and look at it. It's, it's one cell thick. And, it, and they bruise easy. You know, there are people like that. The, the, the second they get bumped into, they get offended. They get freaked out. They, they you know, they just... I mean, if you haven't been offended here, you will be. So just hold on. Amen. See, what do you mean? You're trying to offend me? No, I'm not trying. But the word of God offends. And we're dealing with people here. People. People. People, man. And, and they'll, they'll, you know, they bump into each other. And they get different opinions. And it's all part of working together. And some people just freak out and get offended and quit. They don't persevere, they quit. And they go off to some other church and bounce off to some other church and bounce off to some other church. Well, five. 
add godliness. And that is, that is reverence. Interesting Greek word, because it next connects with a big word that, that we get pious from. And it's a sense of, it's a sense of duty. That whole word in America has been lost. So you've got men that, that get together with their girlfriend and they have a baby and then they leave. And they have no sense of duty of actually taking care of the child. Duty. I was reading some, um, some uh, revolutionary literature and, and uh, they talked about duty. Their duty before God. That's not a warm, fuzzy feeling. That's like doing what the right thing is. No matter how you stink and feel about it, you do the right thing. So I, don't, I, 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 don't, I don't like that. I know. I, I don't really, it doesn't, it doesn't like warm my heart either, but it is what we're supposed to do. Or we don't grow in God. There's certain things you do. You be Christ-like. And godliness, it's, it's, it's reverence towards God, but either, let me, how do I say this? Um, and you can do a word study on this. This is good. It's reverence towards God and um, mixed with uh, respect towards mankind. It's reverence mixed with respect. It's godliness. We need to be like that. I think going to church is a duty. Oh, I love coming. I love worshiping. It's great. Then there comes Sunday morning type times when I'd rather stay in bed. And I have been mandated once. I was mandated once to stay in bed by my pastor, and I did. I had, what did I have? Meningitis. I had meningitis. I preached on a Thursday, Wednesday night. Pastor Vince was there. It was in Kauai. I nearly fell out of the pulpit when I was done. I got through the message, though. God moved. Praise God. And then they had to drive me home, and Dr. Morocco said, you're not getting out of bed. You're staying. I said, no, nah, I'm going to preach Sunday. I, never, I said, I'd get up for other things before I was saved. I ain't staying in the bed. He said, you will stay in bed. I said, is that a command? He said, yes. I said, game over, right? It's called submission. Anyway, let's look at the next thing. It's, so add godliness with its godliness that is reverence. It's reverence toward God, respect towards man. It's, it's what that word means in the Greek. Brotherly kindness. Put up on the screen, if you would, please, 1 John 4.20. We're almost done. Hang in there. Anybody getting anything tonight? First yeah. John 4.20, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does for he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Well, let's all read that again. It's on the screen. If you're able to read, just read it right out loud. Amen. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Whoa. Well, bear one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. We need to be, we need to love one another. We need to, and, and, and you know, honestly, there's times when it's not convenient. And, and it isn't, but that's what we do because we've been purchased with a price and we're Christians and we want to grow in these things. 
We want to grow in these areas. Otherwise, you're going to be short-sighted and blind, and you could fall. How you doing in the area of brotherly kindness? Not so good, Pastor. Okay, well, repent. Ask God to help you. Amen. Well, that brings us to number seven. Add love. The word there is agape. Same word that's in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And it's love that's not um, originating in self. It's the, it's the love of God. And we're supposed to grow in that selfless, unconditional love of God. Not somebody, yeah, somebody help me. Jesus help me. Amen. All right, look at C. We must continue to increase in these qualities for a lack of spiritual growth is a sign of spiritual death. Oh, that hurts. If you're not growing in these areas and you're headed towards death, that's what this text is saying. So if you're not growing in these areas, you're like, I'm, I'm like dead already, Pastor. I'm failing all these. Well, you, you know, it's a new night. It's a new day. His mercy is your new every morning. It's morning somewhere. Praise the Lord. You can start today. You can start right now. Don't be under some kind of condemnation from hell. Just decide today that you're going to do that. I remember the first time I heard this text. So maybe you're hearing it for the first time. Maybe you're hearing a message like this for the first time. Don't like slide under the pew and, you know, let the devil beat you about the head and shoulders. God brings messages like this so we can grow, so that we can live lives, not so that we would fail, not so that we would feel like we're a bunch of worms that should just go outside and die. No, so that we can flourish and be like Jesus. Amen. And grow, participate in his divine nature and fulfill everything he has for us as we stand on his precious promises until the day of Christ Jesus. He wants you to have victory. He's trying to get you to have victory. And if you don't grow in these things, then you're, you're basically moving towards death. So I, across America, churches do not have Sunday nights. And many have canceled their midweek. And I will tell you that it's a tempting thought. I, I thought about it. I prayed about it. I thought, you know what? Maybe we shouldn't have Sunday night. And the reason is, um, Sunday is grueling for me and my staff. And I, I had somebody tell me, they sent me a message on Facebook and say, pastors are the laziest people I know. I thought, what? <laughs> and I, I think maybe... I think maybe that, that could be the case. You see, you could, get in, you could get into thinking that what you're doing is too much work or something. You've got to be led by the Spirit, all right, bottom line. But I think mostly America doesn't have Sunday night and midweek services is because pastors have gotten lazy. When I first came here, uh, I was told that we should never have a Sunday night. You should just never have a Sunday night because people aren't going to come because people don't come to Sunday night service in Alaska. Can I tell you something? It's a little bit of a light attendance tonight, but I mean, there's a decent amount of people here. It's midweek. Our Sunday night is one of our strongest services. It is powerful. We have people that cannot make it Sunday, and Sunday night is their church. We have people that come like that. Why, why would we do that? Why would, why, why, and the volunteers, God bless you. The volunteers, they work so hard behind the scenes. You labor Many times without a thanks, and that's certainly not our plan. I thank you. 
I thank all the volunteers and you can spread the word. We so deeply appreciate laboring together with you. It is a team of people. Why do we do what we do? Simply because we know this text that if you do not grow in these areas, you will fall. And I'm going to provide every opportunity as long as I got breath. I will provide every opportunity along with you valiant people to provide the word of God. Come on, you get in the word of God tonight. Can somebody say amen? amen. Changes. Amen. All right. God speaking to us as I conclude. All of us can fall. Every one of us can fall. We must live in such a way that minimizes, minimizes the possibility of falling. 1 Peter 5, 8, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. We talked about hedges recently. You know, he's, he's out there. He's, he's toothless for those who are under the hand of God's protection, but he's still out there. They want to try to gum you to death. <laughs> We've got to rejoice in what God has given. I'm so thankful for what he's doing here at KC. I'm thankful for our new property. Hey, if you drive past our new property, just look up. Just look up. This looks looking beautiful. There's people that worked on that. We had excavation going on. Really, things, things happened with, without cost. People volunteering. Things happen in places looking amazing. And we basically beat back 10, 12 years of no maintenance on that property. You just, as you drive to Walmart or wherever you're going, just look up, man, because I'm going to tell you something that's looking good. And I feel free to go stand on there because the presence of God is on that property. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for this building. I'm thankful for our future radio station. I'm thankful for this beautiful congregation of people that I get to pastor. I'm so honored. Your, your love for me and my wife and my family is overwhelming. I'm so thankful for all of those things. I'm thankful for my health. I'm thankful for my truck. I'm thankful for especially for my wife and my children. I'm so thankful for all of those things. But don't ever forget the things that God has given us that are in the spirit. Yes. Ephesians says he's given us every, uh, uh, every spiritual blessing. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. And when you begin to forget that, you get nearsighted. Don't forget about the blood. Oh, don't forget about the word. Don't forget about, don't forget about his precious promises that are yes and amen. Don't forget about how you were lost and bound and busted and disgusted and he reached across and set you free from drug addiction from alcoholism from the fit of rage or from lust or pornography don't forget about what God's done for you don't ever forget about where you've come from and how he delivered you and what he did before he'll do again and if you've not been delivered well he can deliver you and if you're bound you can be free because of what Jesus did on the cross don't forget about the indwelling Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Don't ever forget that. Thank God for the material things. Don't ever forget what God has given us. Don't ever forget it. Authority. Behold, I give you all authority. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Don't forget that stuff. We've got to encourage ourselves and remind ourselves. Rejoice in those things. I can always tell when somebody has connected with the truth of the living word. You know how I know? Their worship. Oh, it doesn't mean they dance around necessarily. It's a, it's a thing in their countenance. 
It's a, it's a thing that you see in their face. It's a, a gratitude, a love for God. It can't be hidden. It can't be hidden. It's not smug and with its arms folded during a worship time. I mean, even when you're depressed, somebody who's really connected with God, you're going through hard things, you just tap into Him. He's not in depression. Come on. You can always tell. We need to rejoice. I'm so thankful, Lord. For all you've done, for all you've done for me. You're so wonderful, Jesus. Rejoice in what God has given us. Almost done. Claim the promises of God. Everybody say, claim the promises of God. You got a war with the word. By his stripes. I am healed. <laughs> I said I'm healed. <laughs> you keep standing until it comes to fruition. Come on, say it. Say, by his stripes, I am healed. You got to claim the promises. Healing forgiveness you'll find that divine nature you stand on that promises you stand on the promises you're having a hard time in your marriage he who finds a wife or a husband finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord you just keep saying that over your spouse blessed is the man who has children around his table You'll be like olive shoots. Thank you for our children. Thank you, Lord, that they're a blessing. Blessing. Like arrows in my quiver. Thank you for my kids. Man, you, your kids might be all up pimping or something. I don't, you begin to say that word over them. Thank you that my kids are a blessing from the Lord. They're going to be used by God. They're like arrows in my quiver. God, you're going to use them. My ceiling's going to be their floor. God, thank you for my children. Thank you for my kids. Thank you for my kids. You begin to speak that word over and over and over, and it will break the back of the enemy. You'll partner with a divine nature. You'll begin to see life begin to flow. It's either that or receive a death sentence and go backwards. Claim the promises of God. Everybody say, claim them. And lastly, you must continue to hunger and thirst after the Lord and grow in Him. If you have lost your hunger for God, do something about it. Realize that if you've lost your hunger, it's the beginning of a backslide. So I just don't feel his presence. Well, he didn't move, honey. So I just don't know where he went. Well, he's the same, so. Draw close. 
call upon him. Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that thou knowest not. Don't just go through this life in a way that's accepting everything and swallowing everything. Grow. Come on. Do you take notes today? You want to never backslide? Want to never fall? Want to make your election sure? Grow in all of these things. And that's what you're to do. That, that is, that, that's what you're to do as a believer. You grow in those things. And if you do, you'll excel. You'll flourish. You'll be like a tree planted by the river whose leaves never wither. Well, it doesn't worry about the drought. Doesn't worry about the, con the coming economic collapse. Ain't gonna worry about. Ain't gonna worry about the storm. Not gonna worry about. Not gonna worry about it. Gonna be rooted and planted in God. Hey, yeah. Stand up on your feet, won't you? Come on, lift your hands to Jesus. Lord, forgive us where we've been nearsighted and blind. We don't want to be nearsighted and blind. We want to make our calling and election sure. We want to partner with you. Lord, we take responsibility. Come on, some of you are not big and strong in God because you're not taking responsibility for your growth in God. You expect God just to come and like put in a chip or something. That's not how it works. You need to get your Bible out. You need to pray. You need to get in small groups. You need to get in realities classes. You need to develop relationships. You need to cut off some other stuff and you need to plug in. God wants to make you a spiritual athlete, but you're anemic in your faith because you've not really gotten a hold of the Word of God. Really don't really know how to pray, press in, and possess the promises. And I'm not trying to beat you up. I'm trying to wake you up. I'm trying to shake you up. Come on, you're going to walk in victory. You're going to walk in power. You've got to get a hold of the Word of God. You've got to mix faith with it. And then His divine nature will come and empower you. The precious promises of God will empower you. And you won't fall. You'll make a difference in this earth. And then when it's all done, you'll stand before the throne of glory. When your brief moment this brief moment of life is over. You've not yielded to your flesh, but you've persevered. You've loved. You've been growing and adding the knowledge of God. You stand before His throne and He smiles at you and says, Well done. I, I got to say this. The Apostle Paul, is he's dying, and he writes, he writes to Timothy, I believe it, to Timothy, and he, and he says, bring my cloak and bring the scrolls. The dude is about to go to heaven. He knows it. It's over, basically. And he asks for the parchments. He asks for the Word of God. Don't you think he would just be done? No. He knew that he could continue to grow. Y'all need to eat the scroll. Everybody here needs to eat the word. 
no matter how old or how young you are. Can you say amen? Did you get something from God? Put your hands together for Jesus, won't you? Every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not right with God. I want to give you an opportunity. First, the first call is to get right with God. If that's you, don't play church. You don't have to go home the way that you came in. You can be born again tonight. You can have a new life tonight. He wants to take out that heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh. He wants to heal you. He wants to save you and wipe away your sin. You can leave this place tonight forgiven completely of everything you've ever done wrong. If that's you, you want to, you want to, a new chance. You want a second chance. Maybe give, give your heart to Jesus for the first time. Maybe a recommitment because you know you've slid. If that's you, all across this place, those online, if that's you, slip your hand up right now. God bless you. Put your hand up. Thank you for your honesty. I see that hand. Anybody else? All right. God bless you, son. Praise the Lord. All right. You serious? If you're for Rizzle, meet me right here. Come right here. Meet me, meet me right here. Other people are coming. Come on. Come on, meet me right here. You're going to get right with God. Come on, somebody put their hands together for these, won't you? Awesome. Come on. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. Come on, pray this prayer right out loud. Those online, those here, those up front, say, Dear Jesus. Come on out loud, say, Dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin. I'm sorry. Come into my life. Wash me now. Cleanse me now. Take my sin and throw it in the sea of forgetfulness. Make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Now make this declaration. Say, I'm born again. I'm new. Every bondage is broken. Every curse is broken. I'm free. My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm God's friend. I'm God's child. I'm a co-heir with Christ. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm an overcomer. Come on, say it again. I'm an overcomer. By the power of the Spirit of God. Amen. Lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, I pray. Touch right now. Break every curse. Break every bondage. Release your power. Your divine nature right now. If you have the freedom to pray in the Spirit, go ahead and pray. Leaders, come just minister to these. Lay hands on them. Come on. Come on, pray in the Spirit, church. You've not been filled with the Holy Ghost. He wants to fill you right now. Come on, just ask Him to fill you. You need the power of the Spirit to resist the evil, to work and live for God. Fill your people, God, I pray. 
Amen. They're going to continue to minister to these up front. Take someone by the hand as we close tonight. Um, George, I have a a psalm for you. Um, I saw even a bow being pulled back uh, in the hands of the Lord. And uh, I saw an arrow loosed. And it was towards the, 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 uh, the assignment of the enemy uh, that has targeted you. And I heard the Lord say, I'm piercing its liver. I know that's unusual. I don't even know what that means. So I'll just give it to you in faith. But I heard it clear. I'm piercing its liver. It's in the Psalms. Go look for it like an arrow pierces the liver of something. There, and there's some keys there. I just don't know the rest of the scripture. So the word of the Lord is, I saw... I saw this and I heard this. I saw a bow being pulled back in an arrow and I saw the arrow being loosed and I heard the Lord say, I'm piercing its liver. And I, and I know that's a psalm, something about the arrow of the Lord pierces the liver of something or other. And there's some keys in that psalm, so go Google it or whatever, figure it out as the arrow pierces its liver or something. There's something, some keys there and God's gonna bring you victory. He's gonna bring you breakthrough. There's a new grace. There's a new grace that's upon your life. You're gonna walk in it. You're going to walk in that thing. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. Come on, pray for the person on your right, person on your left. Come on, just pray for them. Come on, pray a blessing on them. Lord, thank you. Thank you for those online. Thank you for those that gathered, Lord, here in this midweek service and for the power of your word. Lord, thank you for what you've done. Now bless and touch each and every one. Bless and touch each and every one now. Fill them full of your Holy Spirit as they go out into the mission field of Alaska, as they go out into the mission field of wherever they are, wherever you've placed them and set the boundaries. Anoint them, Lord, I pray. We would be partakers of your divine nature and escape the corruption of the world of our flesh and evil's desires. Lord, we thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065 or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.